Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. This is Business of Design. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Kimberly Selden, and I do the hard work that you do. I am an interior design professional. And look where we are. It's January. 2018 is behind us. But of course, there's so much we can learn from going backwards and digging into the data we have at our fingertips in our businesses by evaluating and doing inventory. But January lies ahead. And one of my goals for January has to do with improving how I use Instagram. And the very first change I had to make was a mental one. I had to flip a switch and stop thinking of Instagram as a super fun place to hang out with designer friends and start thinking of Instagram as a marketing platform. When I apply that more serious intentionality to it, I can then use this tool to deliver the results I need for my business. And what are the results I need for my business? Well, In episode 97, and that's just three short episodes away, you will hear from Business of Design member, Yaron Lynette. He was working so hard to grow his Instagram business, and he got a whole bunch of designers who do exactly what he does to follow him. Now that's fun, and it feels cool, and you got a lot of followers, and everybody's going, wow, Yaron's a playa. But Yaron is a smart businessman, and he wants to do more than just develop a camaraderie around a social network. He actually wants to convert real people into customers. Back in October at High Point, when I met with Yaron, I explained that I was on the same mission and I would get that started in the new year. So here we are in the new year. Yaron, this is for you. How can we use Instagram to convert people into paying customers? We're not selling socks. It's not as easy as putting a link on your site like buy these cool socks, right? I'm selling something much bigger than that. I'm selling myself as a design professional who does whole design build renovations and decorates homes from top to bottom. Or am I? Maybe what I'm really selling, and we talk about this a lot as we talk about step one, maybe what I'm really selling is just that consultation. If that's the case, it's way easier to sell a consultation than it is to sell myself as an interior design build renovation expert. Now, I don't want to oversimplify things. The fact of the matter is I do want people to hire me to renovate their whole house top to bottom or decorate the house top to bottom. That's my ideal customer. So I am going to learn how to pepper my stories and my feed with content that puts me in that light. But when it comes to a strict call to action, the call to action for me is going to be hire me to do a consultation. And I'm convinced that the people who click on that call to action are people who understand that what I do is the whole house top to bottom. That's going to be different for all of us. If you're just starting out and you just want a customer, I totally get that. And today's guest, Elise Dharma, has some ideas for you as well. A straightforward call to action that makes it easy for future customers to take advantage of. 
For those of you who have been in business a little longer and you've really fine-tuned your foundations, you know who you are, you know who your ideal customer is, your call to action might be something different. So that's my focus. And I have reached out to someone that was recommended to me by a dear friend. You guys may remember Lyndon Cordemanche. She was on episode 41, Five Apps You Need Now. Oh, and it's time to get her back to do that again for sure. Lyndon recommended Elise Dharma to me because she saw a kindred spirit, someone who takes her business very seriously, who travels a lot, and is able to keep all the parts of her business moving even when she's on the road. And so Lyndon for a couple of years has insisted we meet each other. I finally did it, and I'm so glad I did. Let me tell you about Elise Dharma. She has been able to make beaches, coffee shops, and co-working spaces her office by working remotely, and she's done this while growing her international marketing agency, Canopy. You will hear Elise tell us how her business is transforming, and she's focusing a little bit more on an online business that allows her to stay planted at home more frequently. Elise has an Instagram following of over 70,000 people, but she's the first one to tell you it's not about quantity. It's really about quality. Lots to talk about. Let's hear quickly from Cheryl Horn and then on to the episode. Hey, Cheryl, episode number 94. We're talking about Instagram. Exciting stuff. We are. We started actually talking about this at, uh, at the retreat it was one of our one of our seminars that we did then, so a lot of our members have been waiting for this. Um, so we have Elise Dharma on the podcast today, and if you check out uh, this the podcast post on businessofdesign.com, you actually get access to her free masterclass. So we've both taken that, and we're going to be following along with everybody over the next four weeks. Um, part of our announcements will be, you know, checking in, giving those, repeating those tips. Uh, you're going to be implementing this on your own Instagram account as well. I and am. we're asking everyone to, we're asking everyone to use the hashtag um, BOD challenge so that we can um, track it, we can follow it, we can engage with you guys on Instagram, and we can all support one another and start growing our Instagram following, trying to convert those followers into clients. Yes. Yeah. Using Instagram as a marketing platform, not just a fun place to hang out with designers. Exactly. So just as a reminder, use the hashtag BOD challenge. You also have a date for the rate change at businessofdesign.com, don't you? Yes, we did start promoting that really early. We don't want there to be any surprises, um, but we officially want to announce that that increase will happen on February 15th. Now, we do have a reason for that. Uh, Majority of our membership are annual members, um, but a lot of those members do start out as monthly. People have been listening to the podcast for a while. They've taken some of the free courses and they're ready to take you know, the next step into membership, but they do want to try it out first. So if you sign up for monthly membership this week, that's the catch. You need to take action this week. You can do that first month of membership and still upgrade to annual membership before the increase and get locked into that 2018 um, pricing. All right. That was really smart. We don't want anyone to uh, feel like we're pressuring them too much. So We've been talking about this for weeks. Sign up for monthly today and you still have time to convert to annual before the rate increase on February 15th. We couldn't do it on Valentine's Day. We care about you guys way too much. Yeah, and it's also a fun little countdown to Valentine's Day. I'm ready if you are. Thanks so much, Cheryl. Okay, talk to you soon. 
And now back to the show. Everybody meet Elise. Elise Dharma, how are you? I'm doing so great. It's so great to connect with you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, I read your bio and discovered that you and I both have that travelpreneur gene, I guess, if you will. And it's so funny, before we started the podcast, we were discussing you know, some of the joys of being on the road and being able to work from anywhere, but some of the downside as well. So I remember this one time I had, we were filming for my television show and we were in a different city every three days and I woke up in the middle of the night and I walked straight into a wall because the night before that had been a toilet, that had been a bathroom. And the next day I had this huge black eye and we're trying to work around that. So so it can be sort of challenging to not know 100% where home base is sometimes, right? Yes. I've actually had a very similar experience, not quite walking into a wall, but switching beds like at least every week and then waking up in the middle of the night being totally disoriented as to where I was. Like, was it my own childhood bedroom? Was I still in Bali? Was I, where was my boyfriend? <laughs> that pillow, my boyfriend? It's the most bizarre feeling when you, when you're actually a homebody, which I am, I am a homebody. And when I keep changing up my environment, it, it can be just so disjointing in a way. One thing it does for you, though, is you realize you can be somewhat flexible in terms of creating a business that makes sense for you. And if you're going through a phase right now where you want to travel a ton, then you can do that. But if you're going through a phase where you're like, gee, nothing sounds better than putting down roots and being home for two months in a row, you can do that too. So I think there'll be some people listening saying, oh, wow, cry me a river. You're in Bali trying to figure out (laughs) which hotel room you are in. (laughs) But it was a conscious choice for you and for me to create a business that allowed me to travel and allowed you to travel. Totally. That was my objective from the time that I was probably 18. And then I got more serious about it when I was 25 and I had a day job and I realized that hmm, two weeks off is really not that much time to do much at all. And like I said, I'm a homebody, but I heard this term recently, uh, which I believe describes me really well. It's vagabonding homebody. And I live with this dichotomy every single day where I love my comforts of home. I'm I'm in my home office right now in Toronto. I've never given this up. I've never just lived out of a suitcase. That sounds like a nightmare to me. So I have this one desire to have the roots and have stability, maybe because I'm a tourist and apparently this is what tourists love. Um, And then the other hand of me just craves adventure and variety and freedom. So when I was 25, I really thought I need to create my own business so that I can have that location independence. Then I started my own freelance business on the side, which allowed me to build up what turned into an agency. Then I was able to quit my day job. And from there, I was living my dream. I was able to go on trips whenever I wanted, work from Bali. That was my first digital nomad experience. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it for a good two years. Um, I would tend to work remotely and travel for about 100 days of each year, which was a good balance for me. The rest of the year, I worked from my home office. And then in the last year, it started to shift for me. It's just become more of a challenge to work remotely because I have more moving pieces of a business. It's no longer just an agency where I'm delivering work for clients. Now I've got a second business, which is really my personal brand business, which stemmed from Instagram. 
And that's where I offer courses and coaching. I host retreats. And now I have a team of about six contractors at any given time. So I'd still do travel, but I'm just finding the dynamic is changing. And my overall goal is changing as well, which I'm finding actually quite fascinating right now. This is where everything intersects, isn't it? My mission, or at least one of my missions with Business of Design is to have you all realize that you can create anything you desire. So for example, if you want to travel 100 days a year like I do, like Elise does, you can do that. And yes, you can still run a profitable interior design business while doing that. Or if your goals are different than that, you don't care so much about travel, but doggone it, you'd like to buy a bigger house or a better house or a bigger car or put your kids in private school, you can do that. Systems and procedures are the way you create a profitable business. Apps can help you, tools can help you, and marketing platforms like Instagram can help you. And we're going to focus on that with this conversation. Let's just start at the very beginning for those listening. Why Insta? Why not Facebook? Why not Pinterest? Why Insta? That's such a great question. And I've seen such a huge focus from online business owners on Instagram just in this last year. I have been working with Instagram as a marketing platform since 2012 is when I started to experiment with it. And 2013 is when I had my very first client, an e-commerce brand selling clothing to teenagers, essentially. And we knew that Instagram was the best place because it was the most visual platform, especially at that time. So my brain has been very Instagram focused. I am a visual person as well. Photography and videography are huge interests of mine. Coupled with writing, I studied screenwriting in, in university. Instagram was just the perfect marriage of my two major passions, visuals and storytelling through writing. And I think it was a natural fit for my skill set and my interests and my background. And then when I had my very first client, an e-commerce brand, it became very clear that Instagram was a natural fit for this brand as well. They needed, they had a lot of visuals to share and their clothing really um, spoke to their audience through lifestyle-based images, seeing images of people wearing it. And then we were able to have fun with the captions and really speak to the teenage mindset and the young adult mindset. So I have been focused on it for over five years now. And just in the last year, I have seen online businesses and marketers take note of Instagram like never before. And I think that's for a few reasons. I think one, there is now over a billion users on Instagram. So it's one of the fastest growing platforms. Um, yes, it, Instagram has adopted a lot of the Snapchat features that made Snapchat quite popular a few years ago. And Instagram also is part of Facebook, which is a beast of a company. So I just think with those two factors paired together, the user base grew quite quickly, which made brands take notice. And then with a lot of the new features that have come out in the last year, a lot of them have been super focused for a business. So a lot of features have been designed for a business to attract new eyeballs to their brand so that they can increase their revenue. And we started to see that with Instagram stories. When Instagram stories came out, 
Um, again, this was a feature that a lot of people will say was inspired by Snapchat. Um, but when Instagram stories came out, it really became the place to share the behind the scenes of a brand, of a business. Because I'll be honest, no one wants to follow an Instagram account where it feels like they're being sold to all the time. And a lot of businesses and brands, when they're not familiar with Instagram, they will default to sales mode. And I totally get that. But Instagram is really a place to share value with your target audience and then connect with them beyond the sale, beyond the business. So if you are a personal brand, so if you're an interior designer and your business is based off of your name, you're not going to go on Instagram and just share you know, how great of a designer you are, share um, all the services you have, maybe the promotions you're running. You, you can share those things, but they must be balanced with free value to your audience. What makes you different from all the other interior designers out there? You really want to share like your quirks, your interests, your particular design aesthetic to attract the people who may one day want to work with you. And that's where Instagram stories comes in is while your feed is like this really nice curation of your business and your personal brand, Instagram stories is the place where you really share who you are. So Instagram stories really took off, especially in this year for business owners and brands to show the behind the scenes, show the real person behind the business, which as a follower, you feel like they're your friend. And the day that I need your services, who's going to who's going to come to mind first? The person who I've been following intimately through their stories for the last six months, or someone who's an ad in my feed? Right. You know, they're going to go with that person that they've established a connection with. And um, yeah, Instagram's just done a great job of of allowing these features to to build that deeper connection with a follower. If we were in a live audience, I would ask people for a show of hands of how many people are thinking about Instagram as a marketing platform. Now, you may have said that in the masterclass. I don't even remember hearing those words before, but they hit me upside the head today. I never thought of Insta as a marketing platform. I thought of Instagram as a fun place to connect with other designers. So I have discovered, like a lot of other interior design professionals, that my Instagram following is growing, but not necessarily as fast as I wanted to. And much more importantly for, I think, most of us listening, it's not attracting our future clients so much as it's attracting other interior design professionals. I'm, I'm assuming that right off the bat, before you even think about taking the master class that we're recommending, that you also think about your intention and who is your future client. And if that's the goal, then you're going to have a very different focus in terms of creating those stories and the feed posts. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly exactly what I wanted to share as well, too, is most interior designers, most online entrepreneurs do not need other industry professionals to be following them. And a lot of times they default to that, but they really need people who are potential clients, customers, fans of their work. So your Kimberly Selden profile is an excellent example of that, where this would be the place where you would attract, you know, people who potentially want to be a client of yours. And I assume most of your audience is in in that boat as well. So I have the free masterclass and I also have the course. The course is like a full-blown four-hour crash course in learning Instagram for your business. What the course really teaches you is 
how to use Instagram as a marketing platform. I think most people can probably relate to your earlier sentiment that it was just a place to hang out and kill time while you're waiting in line at Starbucks. It wasn't really a platform, but it is a channel and it can serve as a funnel. Like it can serve as the top of your funnel to lead people to your website, which allows them to take the next step. Maybe it's to book a call with you or book in your service. So if we can start to think of Instagram as one of your funnels that leads people to your business, that's the first mindset shift. The second one is, what is the what is the purpose? Why are you trying to grow on Instagram? Who are you trying to attract? These foundational business questions need to be answered. Otherwise, you're likely wasting your time and feeling overwhelmed. And I get this so much from, from online business owners. They're paralyzed with what to with what to post because there's just so many options out there. You first need to know why you're growing your account and who you're really looking to attract. And then once you attract them to your account, what are you going to do with them next? So this is where that funnel concept really comes into play. Um, and then, yeah, you basically want to be able to lead them from your profile. Like they found you awesome. You're exactly the person they've been looking for. And then from there, what's the next step? And usually that's when you direct them to the link in your bio. That's usually a free resource, a gift, a free call. It's something that's um, you know, just allowing you to connect to them or get them over onto your email list. And then from there, it's up to you to have the rest of your sequence set up. What happens after they, you know, join your mailing list? What happens when they book a call with you? I really recommend to have that whole process figured out in your business of how you, because essentially what we're talking about is generating leads, capturing leads, and then converting them to sales. It's like foundational for any business. Would you say it would be worthwhile for anyone listening who's really wants to go down this path with all of us? Would you say it's worthwhile to consider all of that before you take the four hour course? The four hour course course walks you through the the setup process of looking at your business and decide deciding and defining who you need to attract based on your niche and your business model. But yes, it would definitely serve you and benefit you a ton to have these business foundations in place of what is your service offering, who do you best help, and how do you capture people? And for most people, that's through their website, but you can even have it simpler than that, even if you're just capturing people by sharing your email, for example. So yes, definitely helps to have all this in place first. Okay. And you'll probably do what I did, which is just tweak that information once I listened to Elise's pointers. I thought I knew that stuff going in, but it changed for me quite a bit. The other thing I want to ask about, um, you know... It kind of feels like if you are on Instagram and you don't have 10,000 followers, you're like that not popular girl who doesn't get asked to dance at the party, right? <laughs> and I just want you to bust that out for us because I would honestly rather have 60 engaged followers who will turn into future clients than 10,000 you know, fun people just to hang around with if my goal is to grow my business. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. And this is something that I need to share more with online entrepreneurs and will do so more so going forward. Because when people look at my own personal account, they think, oh, well, yeah, you've built a business off of Instagram because you have over 70,000 followers. In actuality, I wish that I could 
cut off <laughs> and lose all the followers who are no longer engaging with me and they're not interested in my business because they do nothing for my bottom line. And I don't care about those vanity metrics anymore. So I can totally understand that sentiment and how people feel like they're not even in the game if they don't have a thousand followers or 10,000 followers. In the last year, Instagram has really pushed this idea of having 10,000 followers and a business account. Because when you have that, you're then able to include a link in your stories. And that's when you see people say, swipe up to see da da da. So the whole value here is you don't just have the one link in your bio, you can share multiple links in your stories. And I see a lot of business owners feeling stressed with this metric. Like, Elise, I have 500 followers. Most of them are my friends. How am I going to get 10,000 followers for the swipe up? And like you said, Kimberly, I now try to tell business owners to not stress out about it because it serves you so much more to have 500 or 1,000 followers who care about you and your business than 10,000 people who don't engage with anything, don't see any of your posts, Yes, you have that vanity metric and yes, you can use the swipe up feature, but if no one is swiping up, there's zero point in having it. So when it comes to my own personal account, I almost feel like I want to start an account from scratch <laughs> just to show business owners that I could still start from zero. You don't need to have thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, but I could still start from zero and have people convert over to my business. And that's what a lot of my students in my course see happen. It's quite amazing. They'll have the business funnel, the services, the offerings in place. Once they really start to see their Instagram channel as a marketing platform and make that switch, whether it's in their username, their bio, the posts that they're sharing, the stories that they're, they're, they're sharing, even with, I've seen this many times, even with less than a thousand followers, they are booking in clients. They are seeing actual revenue to their business, like in the five figures within weeks, within months. Like it's totally possible. You don't need to have those huge numbers to see the actual revenue impact in your business, which to me is the point. That's the point of Instagram marketing. I love that you gave us terminology for vanity metrics. I never knew how to refer to it, but we we bump up against this all the time. That people feel like, well, I just have 599 followers. You could have 50 followers. And if you convert five of them into customers, you, ha you win. You have the best Instagram account out there. So we're not going to measure success on the the metrics of just getting followers, but rather we want to dig a little deeper and measure that success based on have we converted anyone into an actual client. I would say that 99% of interior design professionals would say they've never converted anyone from Instagram into a client who purchased a service. So we're going to change mm. that. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I've worked with business owners many times where we've written out the bio together, it can literally be that change too. It could be that simple. Just making it clear in your bio at the very top of your profile, who you help and how you help them. Like if you answer that in your very first line, right away, you're telling a new potential visitor, oh, this person's for me or she's not for me. That's not what I'm looking for at all. You don't need that follower. So if they move on and don't follow you, perfect, you know? Or if you make that switch and new and current followers see it and they unfollow you because they're not interested, 
that's also really good news too. People get caught up when people unfollow, but it's like, it's like unsubscribers to your mailing list. I used to get, you know, stressed about this as well, but it's like, no, if they're done with my content and they don't need this anymore, I'm happy for them to move on and make room for new people who are looking for this as a solution in their business or their life. Okay. So we talked about the foundational stuff. Who are you, who are you talking to? Who's your get? What are you trying to use this for? What are the next things that people need to think about in terms of growing Instagram as a marketing platform? Yeah. So the first step is, is like what you mentioned, it's kind of the bio or the, sorry, the profile makeover. So you do need to take some time to assess your username your profile picture, because there's strategy to the image as well, your bio and how you write it. And just to briefly give you a few tips there, like I said, the first line, it's really great to answer who you help and how. The second line can be what makes you unique or different, any awards, um, recognitions that you've received, anything along those lines I like to put in the second line. And then the third line of the bio should be a very specific call to action as to why they should click that link in your bio. What's in it for them? The key mantra to keep in mind when you're looking at your profile is it's not about you. It is about your target potential follower. Okay. So even if you're building a personal brand, it's not about you. It's literally about what does that potential follower care about? So a lot of times people just leave their link in the bio And there's no reason, there's no compelling reason why you should click on it. Having people move to that link in your bio is so key for your, you know, treatment of Instagram being a funnel for your business, right? So I wouldn't just leave it there and give no call to action. I would switch it up. Like maybe there's a new blog post. I'll put that full blog post link and I'll say right above that link, click to read three tips on, you know, getting more clients in 2019 or whatever, whatever, or I guess if you're talking to a potential design, click to see the top five design trends for 2019, you know, whatever is valuable for them to know, just say it, like literally tell them what's in it for them. Can I be as obvious as saying, click to book a consultation? Yes. Yes. You can say that as well because that's you giving your time for free. And you can even say free. There's that psychological trigger that we, we have when we see the word free, right? Um, we don't go to a consultation for free, nor would I change that up because we go out mm. to a two-hour working meeting. We develop a scope of work. We can develop a budget. We can you know, redesign the entire room. We can answer questions about where they should place furniture, what the new fireplace should look like, what the new window coverings look like. So it's a really hard working meeting. So could I link to two questions? One, could I link to book your paid consultation today? And or if you're not quite there yet, could you link to something that's free without giving away a two-hour consultation? Maybe it's a some advice, like my top 10 tips for renovating. Yes, for sure. So it, it depends on where you're at in your business. And Kimberly, you're at a point where people can just book in your services. A lot of times when someone's in the earlier stages of the business, they will have a potential client just book in a 20-minute call. I think that's why I assumed free consultation. Um, but that's where a lot of business owners will go. It's like, hey, do you have questions about how I can help you? 
you can literally book in a free 20 minute time into my calendar and I'll chat. And that's often also where if you as a service provider see that you can help this person, that's when you'll typically offer the, the paid services, right? So you can, you can treat that as your funnel where what you're giving away is 20 minutes of your time. You can create a resource, like you said, of tips or, um, you know, a roadmap or a checklist and, and how they can actually get that information is just by giving you their name and email, right? So it's gated content. It's not free content like a blog would be. It's gated where they need to give you their email. And then you can even get next level and create an, e an automated email sequence that once they opt in, they then get a series of, let's say, five emails that introduce you um, and your brand to them, which could still lead to that 20-minute call or your paid services. So it depends on how you want to structure it. Yeah. And for you, when you actually want to skip that whole process and you just want to share your paid services, if you're at that stage in your business, then you can definitely include that as your CTA as well. Okay. So really interesting thinking, you know, for those of you who are thinking, you know, I want, I really want to try this with Elise and I am going to provide a 15 or a 20 minute phone call for free in exchange for getting their email. And then behind the scenes, I think it's a really good idea that you would create that gated content. They get automatic emails that lead them to purchasing a consultation. Make sure you put a huge note on the calendar that you're going to start that on X day and maybe 60 days later, go back and determine whether or not it's working. In other words, don't do this indefinitely. If you do 10 free calls and none of them converts to a client, it's not quite working. Your funnel's a bit broken. Let's change it up and try something new. So just always go back to evaluating whether or not it's working, right? I agree. I'm all about A-B testing. Just like your question before was like, can I give something away for free as my call to action or can I give away something that's paid? I would try both, you know, maybe do a month for each and then compare at the end of each month. Did you book in any paid clients when you had that CTA for your paid offering and then compare it to your free offering, which led to your free phone call, for example, did you book any paid clients from there? So I definitely AB tested. Love it. Okay. And CTA call to action. Is that what that means? Yes. Okay. I just feel like my cool factor is going right through the roof talking to Elise. Just a little bit of a little bit of Elise and you know, I got a little more street cred. That's cool. Okay, CTA, <laughs> I like that. So once you have your bio and your CTA really locked in and like I mentioned earlier, I've had students and clients make just that switch and they've converted they've converted people from a follower to a client. So that's really powerful to state, you know, state that so clearly in your bio. After that, as part of the makeover, I really suggest looking at your feed. So these are the posts that hang out permanently in your feed. And from there, I like to assess what are the main themes that I need to be sharing about on a consistent basis to be attracting my target follower, right? So for most interior designers, they don't need to attract other interior designers. They need to attract people who are looking potentially for their services. So this is where you want to do a deep dive into your brand. And if you can come up with five themes that relate to your business and your personal brand, translate those themes into content in your feed. You don't have to come up with five. I like five because let's say 
you switch between all your five themes on a regular basis. So today you post theme one, tomorrow you post theme two, the next day you post theme three. What happens when you just switch between five themes is at net, at, is at no point will two themes ever be right next to each other or on top of each other when you're looking at that grid style of your feed. So to give you an example, you know, if you're a designer who cares about minimalism and clean living and a green, healthy lifestyle, and those are the type of clients that you like to work with, then your feed themes could be exactly around those topics, you know, tips on minimalism. So you could create like a quote card in a program called Canva, which I love. So you're not even really giving away like, you know, a secret to your design aesthetic or a design tip. You're just talking about minimalism because that's something that you care about. And so does your potential client, right? Another theme could be, um, your healthy 100 mile diet. So you could actually share with your followers, like, your health practices because you believe in that clean, clean, green living and so do they. Of course, a third theme could be your actual design aesthetic. So don't shy away from sharing, you know, what visually appeals to you um, as an example. A fourth theme could be perhaps related to your relationship, your personal life. So if you typically work with someone who's in their 20s, they're a new grad. I don't know how many people are hiring interior designers at that stage, but just an example, you know, maybe they're dating, maybe you're young in your career and you're dating too. It could be kind of cool to share about your, your personal life, your dating life. Cause again, the whole point is what theme can I share about my business and my personal brand that's going to resonate with my target follower. Um, and a fifth theme could be what inspires you from a design um, design perspective. So if again, you like clean, minimalist, white, light, bright, airy sort of looks, then you can share what inspires you in your feed as well. And then there's five themes. So you can see that they're a mix between things that relate, the things that relate directly to your business and your design eye. And there's also themes that relate to who you are personally and what makes you different and what can your target potential client really relate to. That's a quick briefing on looking at strategizing your feed design and the themes there. The second big question, really the last one that we'll cover right now is what to post in Instagram stories. So you've gone through all this effort to strategize your feed and you've pulled together visuals to share in your feed, but what is different about your Instagram stories? This is really where I recommend to embrace sharing your journey, sharing the behind the scenes of your business with your followers. And this is where you're going to get the most personal is in your Instagram stories. Of course, all within the boundaries that you feel comfortable with, right? My boyfriend is very camera shy. He doesn't want to be on my Instagram stories. So he's very rarely there. And I'm okay with that boundary. I don't need to share every aspect of my life with my followers. I'd rather keep my personal life private. But in my stories, for example, if I'm 
going to the gym consistently. I'll share with my followers that I made that commitment and I'm sticking with it. And Hey, you can see me working out as well. This has nothing to do with my business, but it's sharing this theme of trying something new and making a commitment, which relates to my business, right? I'm asking people to try Instagram as a new platform and make the commitment to it. So anything that's like, in that sense, you know, behind the scenes, um, sneak peeks of what you're working on. I really love to show teasers of what I'm working on. Um, I like to share my travels, of course. I like to share, um, let's see, events that I go to. That's a really cool thing to share behind the scenes because if you as an interior designer are attending and investing your time and dollars into events to see what's the latest, what's, what's, what are the trends right now? It's huge value for your followers to get to come along with you, right? They get to see what you're learning behind the scenes through your Instagram stories. So that's how I really differentiate between what to share in your feed versus your stories. I love that you cleared that up because I have been so confused about what's a feed and what's a story. And, um, so it, and also I love, the idea that we can use our Insta community as a support to establish a new and a better habit. So for me, one of the new and better habits I want is to approach Instagram as a marketing platform and have better intentions around using it. So who's with me? <laughs> I am going to rewatch the free master class with a focus on at Kimberly Selden. And then see for myself if the strategies I implement will turn those clients who are just kind of lurking and watching passively into active customers. I will share what I'm learning with you through Business of Design's Instagram account at Design is My Business. And by the way, if you are a fan of Business of Design and you're listening to the podcast and we are not following you, make sure you let us know and we will. I will also share in future podcasts some of the things I'm learning. So hopefully we are going to make a difference in your Instagram account. That is our intention for sure. And those of you who are gung-ho interested and really want to get involved, take that free master class and do it with me. Together, we're going to make a much bigger impact on our businesses. We'll also share with our Facebook community. We end every episode with something we call design intervention, and this is just a great piece of business advice. It can be completely unrelated to Instagram, Elise, just something that you think was a game changer for you and other entrepreneurs listening might say, oh, wow, I need to do that as well. For me, my theme and my mantra that I'm really holding dear to my heart is the sticky note written right next to my screen here as I speak to you. It says, doing fewer things better. And I'm a big fan of this idea. I'm five years into my business and it started off simple as I'm sure most people experience and most interior designers experience. Hey, I'm a service provider. I'm going to give these services. And as things start moving and rolling along, you get more clients, you get more contractors, more revenue streams, more business ideas, which are all great, fantastic things. But one day you might find yourself doing five things at a mediocre level versus one thing really, really well. And maybe this is honing in on your zone of genius. 
I just read The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Loved it. Um, if you want to check out what that what the zone of genius means, I recommend reading that book. But it's really made me stop and evaluate, hey, I don't need to juggle 10 balls at one time in my business. I can just be really, really good and focused on one thing and actually simplify my business. So if you're feeling overwhelmed with all the things right now and all the ideas and even Instagram, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed by Instagram. I want it to make sense. If your target people are on Instagram and it makes sense for you and your business to invest in this as a platform, awesome. But if you've got all these other things going on right now and you're feeling overwhelmed, then I would just recommend take a pause, look at what is the most revenue generating activity in your business and do that one thing better and clear out the things that are not serving you. Oh my gosh. I feel like you just filled up my heart. That is such great advice. And thank you for kicking off 2019 for us, Elise. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. And if you are joining Kimberly on the Instagram journey in 2019, feel free to DM me. That means direct message me at Elise Dharma on Instagram. Or if you have a win or something or a question, share it in your story. You can tag me in your story. I'm happy to help as well. And I really can't wait to see your journey, Kimberly, as well as everyone else who decides to take this challenge on with you. All right, I'm in it. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Elise. And I will talk to you next month. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today 